Hello, I'm Nick Holland for your Information Security Media Group, and today I'm joined by Prashant Pillay, who is the director of the Wolverhampton Cyber Research Institute at the University of Wolverhampton in England. Prashant is also going to be a speaker at our upcoming ISMG Security Summit in London on October the 23rd. So welcome, Prashant. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Nick. Your session is going to be focusing on security for critical national infrastructure, so the challenges and opportunities. So let's look at what is the, the challenges you're coming across today. So what's most vulnerable today and why is that? When we start looking at critical national infrastructure, I think from our point of view, from the research institute's point of view and work we've been doing, we see that is where uh, some of the next major threats are and, and major attacks are going to come. Um, when you start looking at cybersecurity, it's ma mainly been an IT security problem. It's been, you know, whether it's IT systems, enterprise systems. But what we're now seeing is, is a slight rise within, within the OT domain as well and looking at critical infrastructure, especially because we've seen that the impact on attacks on these, these infrastructures are much higher than, than, than just normal enterprise systems. So we've started seeing attacks, for example, on, on power grids. You know, you can start assuming the impact. You know, if you switch off power, say for Heathrow Airport or something, the you know the the knock-on effect and the cascaded impact is usually huge. Um, attack on healthcare, we've already seen things you know, like the the ransomware on NHS kind of thing. So when you start looking at critical national infrastructure, which you know, where the society is dependent on, the the impacts become huge, and and that's where the challenges start coming in. There are quite a lot of things that one needs to look at. I mean, these are the biggest issue with any critical infrastructure or industrial control systems are the fact that they are not traditionally, you know, standard IT systems. Um, they are a mix of various kinds of systems. Their scales are huge. So they're not, you know, talking about a small LAN or, you know, a couple of, you know, LANs connected together. Here you could be talking about an infrastructure that spans a whole country, for example. So the scales are usually huge. Um, the the types of devices are usually very disparate in, in, in these networks. So, you know, you might have, you know, very high powered servers and controllers running, or you might have very small embedded system kind of sensing actuator units running. New devices, stuff running on old legacy systems. So all of that starts adding a lot more challenges to, to you know, any critical infrastructure. And the biggest problem, I think, or a biggest challenge for any critical infrastructure we're facing cyber attacks is, is business continuity. You know, if your web server or email server is attacked, you can switch, you know, switch it off, shut it down and come back and look at it after some time. But for, for critical infrastructure, you can't do that. So it's how does a, a network like that provide continuous you know, service while probably it's being attacked uh, or just after it's being attacked? How do you actually recover gracefully and quickly from, from attacks? Um, so these are some of the, the big challenges within CNI security. Where are these attacks coming from? Are we talking, are these state-sponsored or are these rogue actors? I mean, who's, who's behind these? Um, to be honest, we're seeing both, I mean, many types of attacks. I mean, they're not growing. I mean, they're not as bad or as big as we see within the normal IT domain. Uh, but we are seeing a lot of state-sponsored attacks uh, that have taken place in the past uh, for critical national infrastructure, and, and these are growing. Uh, but we're seeing other other actors as well. So, so it, it, you know, there, there is a, there is a rise that we're seeing. 
Um, so I think it's time for, for, for the industry to, to start really, you know, waking up and, and start preparing for, for this next wave of attacks that might come. Yeah. I mean, how much of this is fueled by, again, the, the rise of IoT and, uh, well, you know, in, in terms of critical infrastructure, the industrial Internet of things? Um, I, IoT plays a, a big role. And I mean, traditionally, these, these critical infrastructure systems were very safe because they were segregated systems. No one really knew these networks existed, you know, and, and everything probably seemed to be fine. But what we're seeing over the, over the last couple of years is a lot more smartness being added to these different networks. So every time you want to make something smart, you add some electronic systems, some IoT systems, some collect a lot of data and start making better usage of, of whatever resource you, that you have. Uh, and, and we're seeing that everywhere. So, for example, within the, the electrical power networks, um, you know, usually a separate system, very hard to get into with proprietary protocols and things like that. Now you're moving towards what's called smart grids, which is very much more connected to the Internet kind of devices. We've got smart meters at home which are connected to the Internet. So you start now having assets from a network. Uh, we start connecting to the Internet, which, of course, then increases your 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 attack space. Uh, and and the more we see this happening, the the more we have to be slightly careful because I think we all know, we all know when we're looking at IoT security, uh, a lot of it gets governed by the kind of devices that we have, you know, the capabilities of the hardware itself because these are usually maybe low power devices, uh, you know, less capabilities in terms of memories and processing power, so you can't have very very sophisticated security algorithms running on them. So how do you make sure you still provide end-to-end security in, in, in a proper way, right, from the sensor point all the way to maybe a back-end cloud system where your, you know, controllers might be running? Right. So, I mean, given, well, I mean, by the very nature of what we're saying here, we, it is critical. It's critical national infrastructure here. So what could we done to protect them in terms of moving to maybe a more decentralized or, um, you know, a system with more redundancies? So, I mean, again, for example, looking at power networks, power networks are, are traditionally designed to be you know, somewhat decentralized in a way. So, so they, and not from the security point of view, but more of a safety point of view, because, you know, um, if, if you've got a power cut or a short circuit or, or any event taking place at one part of your network, you don't want that to cascade through the whole network. So they have things in built into the technology already, which is like things like eye lending and all where it'll, it'll contain the, the, the effect of, of whatever is happening to a, a small region so that that doesn't cascade across. Uh, and we need to learn some of these techniques and, and adapt them towards this, the security side as as well, um, and making sure that you know that doesn't happen, and or you know the security impacts don't cascade. Um, I think what we also need to be looking at is better understanding of some of the threat models. Actually, so most of these device, you know, networks. They have some very good understanding of the safety aspects, but when you start looking at security and start looking at how your different assets really work and, and what's the you know the threat landscape, I think it's a it's it's I think there's a lot more work that needs to be done in that 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 domain. Um, if you look at cyber threat modeling, it's very static in nature. It's just and you know more or less as I'm assuming you know what you perceive it as a threat level in terms of high, medium, lows, and risks and all. Um, but trying to really understand what it means when a large network like that could be faced with 
various multiple attacks at the same time. I think those kind of threat modeling we probably don't know at the moment. So I think that's one of the first steps that we need to be looking at. Um, and then, of course, looking at some new novel solutions to detect how some of these you know, attacks are taking place. And we, we see more and more sophisticated attacks coming in. So attack, you know, a malware that actually understands your network, which understands the protocols being used and, and manipulates those protocols in, in a way which somehow go undetected by some of the, the more sophisticated detection systems as well. So I think we need to be on top of the game to try and think about how you can not just detect some of these attacks, but then how do you also really build resilient systems? So systems that can probably continue working even when they've been attacked. So because we know hackers will always find a way to, to come up with something new, which we probably have not thought of. Uh, but it's important to again, go back into design and actually start thinking about how you actually add more resilience into your network. I think that's absolute key. Thank you very much for uh, your insight today. That's Prashad Pillay, who is the director of the Wolverhampton Cyber Research Institute in the UK. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Nick Holland.